0: Hello and welcome to episode two of No Fear EDU. I'm so glad you joined me for episode two. Did you make it through episode one? I hope you made it through episode one and you're joining me for two. If you're just now joining me, check out episode one. That was my first one. I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm, I'm, I think about it all the time. So if you will go take a listen to it. Uh, and if you haven't, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, I think I'll have that subscribe button set up. If, I, if not, just just keep looking out for it, okay? I, I will have an opportunity for you to follow and subscribe. So um, this week, for this episode, I want to talk about No Fear EDU designing. Like, what could we design if we weren't afraid? Or if we weren't afraid of failing? If we weren't afraid of um, getting off of expectations, if we're afraid of losing control, if we're afraid of leaving our old world behind, um, what I mean, what just teachers can be afraid of a lot of things. So think of your fear um, in designing experiences for your kids, learning experiences for your kids. Um, I'm gonna have to give a shout out to my colleague Andy McNair. Uh, she has ingrained that in my head that we do not teach lessons, but we teach meaningful learning experiences. So that's something I'm going to take with me. Um, so you can follow Andy on on the Twitter, uh, Mc, McNair Andy 3 or something like that. I'll put it in the show notes for everybody if you'd like to follow her. Um, she talks a lot about Genius Hour. But I digress on what we want to talk about design today. And what made me really want to talk about design today was... My addiction to YouTube. (laughs) So I'm of the generation, I guess. Well, I'm I mean, I'm sure I'm still the exception, (laughs) Uh, but I I really don't watch a lot of TV. I go home at night and uh, or in the evening. And I look at my YouTube subscriptions and I watch my YouTube subscriptions and some of them are fun and some of them are funny and some of them are satirical and some of them are political. Um, And I follow this one channel called Vox, V-O-X, yes, V-O-X. And it's kind of an investigative journalism site. Uh, they have their their own website where you can read articles, but they also have a YouTube channel where they have pretty good length videos. I'm not. I'm definitely of that generation that's like after you know ten minutes, I'm pretty much done unless I'm super engaged in it. But they have they have really good videos. Um, that are interesting and relevant to the time. And, but they they're pretty random though. Uh, the subjects. Um, but I came across one. Uh, they just published it just a few days ago, and it it is titled, Why Safe Playgrounds Aren't Great for Kids. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So start watching this video, and they start talking about adventure playgrounds. And I had never heard of these before, and they're pretty much... Um, they're they're like maker spaces, but they were playgrounds, and they started back in the '60s, um, and they were really popular. And there were some that popped up in the '60s and '70s, '80s, '90s, and there was even some popping up again now because there's a kind of a resurgence of this idea that the the playgrounds that we design for kids with your typical swing sets and your slides and some kind of tunnel that they were designed to be safe, and they were designed by adults. They weren't designed by kids, and they're they were pointing out the fact that these safe playgrounds kids don't like them and kids don't play on them as much as they do in these adventure playgrounds which kind of look like junkyards. Uh, they're big open spaces with bricks and pieces of wood and hammers and screwdrivers and empty barrels and just tons of stuff that are manipulatives that kids can be creative and make their own things. I'm not going to go into the video because it's I, I could... Let me just say, go watch the video. I'll put it in the show notes and look at it through the lens of an educator and partially through the through the lens of a student. And it really paints, doing it that way just paints a picture of the direction that we need to go maybe and the ideas that we kind of need to think about um, when we're designing learning experiences or even designing the culture of our schools. But what I want to focus on on this. Is about halfway through at the well, not halfway through, about the 235 mark, if you'd like to take a look. They talk about the six elements that make an adventure playground. And and in order to make an adventure playground, they really talk about making it riskier. So how much risk do you want to allow the kids to have? And those six elements, I feel like, would be a great idea. And, and a great connection to designing these learning experiences for your kids and thinking about your classroom and designing a classroom for your kids. So I'm just going to go through these really fast. You can check them out yourself. And I, I kind of want to, I do want to reflect out loud, if that's okay with y'all. Uh, I do want to reflect out loud about kind of what was going through my head when I was thinking of these and how they can relate to the classroom. So I kind of think, so the first one is heights. And I think of that one as like, how Far do you want to let them go? How much leeway on the leash do you want them to have when you are going through a learning experience? Do you want them to stay in your box, or do you want them to be able to fall really out of the box on the bottom side and maybe reach even higher outside of the box? And then speed is another is the second element. So how fast or slow do you want to go? I'm kind of thinking blended learning environment for sure because they have they'll have a that choice of pace and time. So speed. That one kind of spoke to me. Um, Three is rough and tumble play. Kind of had to think about that one, but I think this one is more of your collaboration. I mean, how much are you willing to let the kids interact with each other? How loud are you willing to get? How many times have we walked by a quiet classroom and you go, you know what? I don't think I like a quiet, quiet classroom. What are the kids doing? They're just sitting there. And they're just getting a feed of nothing. So I'm kind of thinking uh, rough and tumble play is your collaboration and how much they move moving around the room. Um, then the fourth one is tools. That one kind of lends itself, I think, pretty easy to the ed tech world, since this podcast will talk a lot about ed tech. Um, and what kind of tools are you using? Are you using your traditional tools, pens, pencils, those kind of things? But are you also allowing them to use technology that allows them to create? I mean, we need to think about those things. Um, are we allowing them to experience things outside of the classroom, uh, and publish things for other people to read and really break down the walls? So what kind of tools are they allowing you? Are you allowing them to use the fifth element is dangerous elements. So I think this one's kind of your wild card for your teacher. Uh, you know, what's that, that one teacher or not that one teacher, but for the teacher, what is that one thing that you're just like, that is never happening in my room. Like I am never ever ever going to do uh coding in the classroom i have no idea what that is that just sounds scary to me so how much of that element are you willing to put in to your classroom environment so that's kind of so think of this kind of like as a recipe you don't have to go all in like what is that one element that you could do to introduce that element of danger for you and maybe even for your kids and the sixth one, which I kind of, was kind of a stretch, but uh, I think I've kind of landed on something. The sixth element is the ability to disappear or become lost. And we don't want any kids lost in our classroom, uh, but you could think of it as like they're failing and they're lost. And we do want the kids to fail and learn how to be resilient and and start succeeding and figure out why they're failing. But I, But the one that I really settled on, I think, was... The, t- the teacher disappearing, because we really want teacher. Well, I-, I want to, I say we, this, this community of educators that are looking for change. We are wanting teachers to become the facilitator and the, the person that's kind of in the back. The one that's not at the front, the one that is weaving in between and and leading conversations and having one-on-one time with kids and we're not just del- be the deliverer of information at the front of the room all the time. Um, and then all of a sudden the teacher's lost. I think we've all been in one of those classrooms where you're in the room, all the kids are engaged, they're all doing things, and it takes you just a little while to find the teacher because you don't know where they are. And I think that's kind of what I've settled on for that. So check that Vox video out again. I'll put that in the show notes. um, And I would love to hear your thoughts on it if you want to tweet the hashtag NoFearEDU. And if you try one of these elements out, let me hear about it on NoFearEDU. Which one of those elements do you think that you could look at the most and say, you know what? I could introduce some more risk with that. So let's let's just rehash those one more time and we'll close this episode out. So what... Which one of these can you give a little bit more on in your classroom? Heights, rough and tumble play, speed, tools, ability to disappear, or become lost, or your dangerous elements. So thanks again for listening. That's, that wraps up episode two, and I hope you will join me for episode three.